Welcome to the broadcast today. We have a lot going on. We need to talk about a brand new tracked face that we have redesigned, one of our long-standing tracks. We have one of the greatest letters from the front I've ever received. We have a Bible study from the book of Galatians, chapter number two, verse number one. We're going to reference something that I talked about on the very first broadcast that I ever hosted here on Bible Tracked Echoes. But before we do any of that, let's look at this letter from the front. I have with me a letter from the front, or more accurately, a phone call from the front, from someone that has used and distributed Bible tracks for a long while now. He's now, very recently, I would call him a friend of mine. We had the opportunity to talk on the phone. He called our offices here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. We spoke for at length uh, on a story that he wanted to pass along to me. I'm so excited, with his permission, to tell you this, with this uh, some notes that I've taken from that phone call. The man's name who gave me this story, his name is Steve Taylor, and you can kind of call this a Tracked in Truth Tuesday today because we're definitely talking about the practical application of Bible tracks. Hopefully, prayerfully, we will have time for the Bible study by the end of the broadcast today. This man's name is Steve Taylor. He is what he called himself a hospitalist. He works, of course, at a hospital. He's a medical doctor, works often uh, around the ER and the ICU, and he had the opportunity to administer some medical help to a man named Eli. Now, I'm going to condense this story down for the short time frame of this radio broadcast. But if you would, for just a moment, put aside some distractions, listen to this amazing letter or phone call from the front. At some point in the future, I would love to have Steve Taylor on the broadcast to tell you in person. But Steve, of course, wears a white medical doctor's coat, as uh, doctors do often. And in his front pocket, he keeps some gospel tracks. Now he has his stethoscope, of course, looking very doctorly, but he keeps himself supplied with tracks in his pocket. Let me give you a piece of practical advice. If you don't have tracks with you, you can't give them out. And Steve makes sure he keeps them with him. He had the chance one evening, a young man in his early 20s named Eli came into the hospital. Now, Eli was about to be dealing with some massive heroin withdrawals. Now, it's a very interesting story about Eli's life. Eli, in talking to Steve, they're going back and forth, and Steve is going to explain what he's going to be dealing with, anticipating and assuming that Eli had dealt with heroin withdrawals before. Eli tells him this really sad story. Eli's parents had been drug dealers in Puerto Rico, and they had migrated to the United States and had become very rich due to the drug trade. And Eli had always had a line of heroin throughout his life since he was 13 years old. He told Steve that he had never gone a day without heroin in his entire life since 13, likely the last 10 or 12 or 13 years of Eli's life. He had been constantly putting heroin into his body. So these idea, this idea of a heroin withdrawal was completely foreign to this young man, Eli. And Steve is just flabbergasted. He's taken aback that someone could go that long using heroin every single day. 
Now, the nurse that was with Steve was a Christian as well, and, and they take it upon themselves to describe withdrawals to this young man, Eli, so that he understands what he's going to be dealing with very soon. He's going to have to deal with just all sorts of illness, not have any appetite, just deal with just, just, just sickness, just all sorts of different things. I won't go into depth or graphic detail about what he was going to be dealing with, but just temperature changes of his body, all of these things, fever-like symptoms, flu-like symptoms, all these different things that, that Steve was telling Eli that he was going to be dealing with very shortly. Steve wrapped up. The conclusion of that conversation was saying this, more than any of these, these, these medicines that I'm going to uh, prescribe for you, what's going to help you more than anything else, more than the nursing care, more than a hospital, is this. And he handed him a gospel tract. Steve handed Eli a gospel tract. Eli takes that gospel tract from Steve. And Steve leaves the hospital. He's ending his shift and, and goes home for the evening. When Steve Taylor comes back the next day, the nurse comes to him, who was not in the room, I guess, when the gospel track was given to Eli, and says, you've got to come see Eli right now. And Steve is thinking that things have just been horrible for the young man, thinking that the heroin withdrawals were just absolutely monstrous and just completely taking over his entire night. Uh, Steve had told Eli that he likely would not be able to sleep. He'd be very restless and just all the pains and ills and aches that go along with that sort of massive withdrawal from literally half a lifetime of heroin use. But the nurse said, that's not what happened. That's not at all what happened. And Steve says, what's going on? And the nurse, almost with tears in her eyes, recounts the fact that Eli, the young man, had dealt with no symptoms at all all night. Steve goes into the room, walks in, and Eli is sitting cross-legged on his bed, Indian style, with tears running down his face. And he recounts the story of Eli, Eli does, to Steve, that he read that tract in the night and had accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Now, I cannot speak for the fact that his body did not suffer the aches and pains and illness of heroin withdrawal, but I can tell you the amazing change and the peace that passeth all understanding. Eli told Steve, I've never felt peace like this in all my life. He accepted Christ as his Savior. And that night... That morning, I should say, Steve got to see a young man be able to be checked out of the hospital, and he never heard from him again to this date. But I do know this. When the role is called up yonder, a young man named Eli will be there by his own testimony. Praise God for that. Now, this story, this account, it's amazing. But really what's amazing is the work that Christ can do in a person's life through something as simple as a gospel tract. Now, we have gospel tracts by the millions in our warehouse. We would absolutely love to send you some. We have new tracks that we've written. We have tracks that we've redesigned and provided to you completely free of charge. We would absolutely love to send you a gospel tract or multiple gospel tracts. You can order a sample packet. I have one right over here. 
on my desk. You can order a sample packet of one each of every track that we provide, and that will give you an idea of what tracks might work well for you. Now, I've recounted this story as best I could and as best as I could uh, discern from the notes that I took of our phone call. I would absolutely love to hear from you, though. Your tracked stories. It's a Tracked in Truth Tuesday, or so we call it, talking about the practical application of tracks. But I'd like to bring to your attention a particular tract. I have a tract in my hand right now called Will You Live Forever? Will You Live Forever? The Bible says that, yes, you will live forever. The question is, where? I would absolutely love to send you this brand newly designed track. It's a beautiful front cover. Absolutely awe-inspiring. Our operations manager and resident designer, Austin, uh, my brother-in-law, actually designed this for us here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. And I would love to send you some of these. You can order them on our website, BibleTracksInc.com. Org. Now, we've talked about the practical application of tracks. We've talked about a specific track, this track, Will You Live Forever? Now, let's jump into for just a few moments into a Bible study with the remaining time that we have. We are in the book of Galatians, chapter number two and verse number one. Here's what it says Galatians two and verse one. Then, 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me. Also, now if you'd like to hear our Bible study from yesterday on the fact that everybody needs a Barnabas in their life and the fact that everybody should be a Barnabas in their own life, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Facebook, YouTube, all of those things. You can watch past broadcasts. But today, we're going to focus on that last phrase of Galatians 2.1, and took Titus with me also. Who is the me in this subject, in this uh, verse here. Of course, it's Paul, the author, the human pen of this book, of this epistle to the churches of Galatia. Now, let's learn a little bit about this man, Titus, before we make a practical application for you and for me. Titus was a full-blooded, uncircumcised Gentile Christian. He had accepted Christ, but he was not previously of the Jewish faith. He most likely probably came from Antioch, and he had some qualities that Paul very much appreciated and were very helpful for the ministry later on in life. There are some that believe that Titus could possibly be Luke's brother, the the writer, the human pen of the book of Luke, who also wrote the book of Acts as well. But Paul actually trusted Titus so much that he used him as his personal message bearer when in a difficult and a delicate time when he was t- t- talking to the Corinthian church, and you might recall the epistles to the Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. But this man, Titus, was much trusted by Paul. But why did he arrive at this position? of trust? Why did he arrive at this place where he was able to be used? Well, because Paul was concerned about the next generation. Paul had been invested in by people in his life, and he understood the importance of investing in others. You might recall, some of you that have been listening, a long-time listeners of Bible Tract Echoes, that the very first broadcast that I did from this studio room here at Bible Tracks Incorporated was on this subject. The fact that Elijah is 
gone. Of course, I was referencing my predecessor, Pastor Mark Smith, great man of God who has since moved on and followed the call of God back into the pastorate and was so thankful for the 15 years he gave to Bible Tracks Incorporated. But if you look at the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, and you look at there in the, in the middle of the chapter, verse number 6 and 7, 8 and 9, you see the transfer of ministry from Elijah to the young man, Elisha. Now, I had the privilege of the ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated transferring from Pastor Mark Smith to me, Micah McCurry. But Paul was also very concerned with transferring ministry. Long after he passed off the scene, he wanted to see young men that would carry on the mantle, literally and figuratively. He invested in people like Luke. He invested in people like Timothy. He invested in people like John Mark. He took these people along on his missionary journeys to teach them the things of Christ. Are you doing that for the next generation? Let this be a challenge to you. Don't forget about the Tituses in your life. The announcer will be on in just a moment to tell you more about our ministry. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.